Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Lady Audacity. It's Alex. And Amanda. And for the second time, I've said my real name by accident and not Alex. <laughs> We've had to start over. It just keeps wanting to come out. It's been such a long year. That's where we're at. <laughs> it has we been. were just literally a good five minutes just reviewing all the like, little okay. bits and what are we going to go with? <laughs> this was this year? Oh, right. <laughs> Literally, that that kept spare. Spare uh, was this year, you guys. I don't know why I find that so unbelievable, but in a good way, it feels like it's been out for two years. I don't know. I guess that's also why there's still so much on the defense. Okay, now it all makes sense now, right now. <laughs> we're putting the pieces together. We're bookending this year with spare and then endgame. And I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I think also, too, yeah, with endgame just coming out, it's just like, the royals have had a year and I'm not mad at they it. They <laughs> can't catch a break, these British royals. But we're going to go through the highlights, the lows of the year, not just for just the British royals, but we're going to go international a bit too. So that'll be fun. Yes. 
Italy, yes, and <laughs> devastating. Okay, Frederick, um, <laughs> tiny year, man. No, it's been it's been a really good year. And to start us off, because we asked you guys like send in what you what your highs mm-hmm. and lows were, and we also had of course do what our bananas article was, and a couple of people mentioned this in our DM because of bananas article articles of the year of the year. As we were talking, like, briefing before we started recording, I said, I can't believe I can actually type this in and something pops up. But you can now type Kate Middleton's Ancestor Stops Slavery and an article comes up. Twilight mm-hmm. Zone is what 2023 is. Yeah. For the Daily Mail, because who else? Who absolutely else? But the title <laughs> is How Kate's Ancestor Played a Key Role in Abolishing Slavery after the Sussexes barbs about royals and racism by Claudia Joseph. (laughs) The (sighs) Princess of Wales ancestor was known as greatest American abolishness. Oh, I said that very wrong. I abolished that. Anyways, (laughs) Harriet Martini fought a lifelong battle to abolish slavery and racism in the U.S. It's Harriet Martineau for the record. <laughs> but my version is cuter. My <laughs> version's way cuter, by the way. <laughs> the real travesty of this is why, like, the preface to why they're even bringing this up. They're saying, you know, mm-hmm. William's comments after, you know, this is a line in here. William's comments were made following Prince Harry's notorious interview with Oprah Winfrey when talking about the comments he made in the Caribbean about how bad and horrible slavery was because we did not know that. (laughs) And another one they bring up was earlier this month, it emerged that another significant move of contrition, King Charles is supporting an inquiry for historic royal palaces in Manchester University into the monarchy's involvement in the transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. So this is the other ring given and both, I guess, good reasons in their eyes to put out this random ass information and article and tie the Sussex to it too. Yeah. Like this is three months after spare. So I can see that there would still be on the defense, but not much for this. But what's interesting about this is the actual reason this article is dropping. Because eight days before this, an article had dropped in The Guardian. This was April 6th. The Colston Connection, how Prince William's Kensington Palace home is linked to slavery. Right. Eight days later, April 14th, we get Kate's ancestor to pretty much help abolish slavery. So this is a real reason they're even talking about this, but they don't want to actually directly regard that article. So they're just going to talk about Meghan and Harry. Yeah. (laughs) And get the clicks. And the link to Kate is so interesting. Like, they're saying against such a backdrop it is unsurprising that the king's aides are jittery over the inquiry's eventual findings. Um, and then they say, but the picture, it's hardly clear cut. We can all agree that the slave trade was abhorrent, but there is no justification for blaming Charles mm. III for the actions of Charles II. So that's their lead in. But they're in the, they're pivoting in, in one paragraph to saying you can't blame mm-hmm. the current king for the actions of a past king. But now in the next paragraph, we can apparently absolve the Princess of Wales for any connections to racism because of her ancestor. The math is not mathing yeah, here. It is not mathing. And what's really interesting, too, thank you for pointing that out, is that they're saying, you know, don't blame this previous king for this king's action. And that also yeah. has to do with this article because they're talking about how... Um, his namesake, William's namesake, King William the Third, 
directly signed off on slavery. He directly yeah. signed off on letting them use his resources to start the slave trade. And that was that's what's being brought up in this article and how there's a huge statue at Kensington Palace. And there's all types of things that's pretty much giving praise to him. And it's just, yeah, it's interesting how Charles is brought up and not William when we know what this article is all about when you look into the timeline. Yeah. This is also why I'm like, I know Kensington Palace briefed this. It is well, so obvious. If Kensington Palace did brief this, now, looking back at this time at the end of the year, post-Endgame, post-Kate mm-hmm. being named as a person who had concerns over Archie's skin, co- skin tone, I think you, I there's a think different... about that. Yeah, I think there's a different facet to it now because we're directly juxtaposing Kate and Megan. Because the next paragraph, which I abhor on so many levels as a historian, they're saying um, Kate's great-great-great-great-great-aunt who was born in Norfolk, um, became known as the greatest American abolitionist because she lobbied President James Madison and Andrew Jackson. And it was that lobbying which ultimately set in motion the Emancipation Proclamation, the declaration that freed the Duchess of Sussex's great-great-great-great-grandfather from servitude. Uh, ha- it's disgusting. It's gross. And you ha- so can't help but wonder, disgusting. because who would have briefed this if not Kensington Palace? What were exactly. they trying? What were they trying to get ahead of? months in advance mm-hmm. of it actually happening i think is a valid question to ask exactly and i think too because the underlining message in that is megan should be thankful for kate and her family mm-hmm. and i feel like that's kind of the foundation of their work when it comes to black and brown communities it's like hey even though a lot of the actions my ancestors did directly affect you and where you are especially when it comes to um the economy you know, mm-hmm. let's not forget a lot of oftentimes when they're visiting black and brown neighborhoods. These are also very poor communities and it has so much to do with slavery and the effects we still see today. But also, of course, racism and so many things like that. So mm-hmm. sorry about that. I do some charity work for you. So you should forgive me and want me here and ignore the fact that we ran out the only black family member to ever be in this family. It's just it's not a good trade, but they keep trying mm-hmm. to force it as one. <laughs> and I think like you said, the defense and how Kate's defense goes about it for her is always very like, oh gosh, Kate, you really are that type of person. You are a Karen. You mm-hmm. are a Karen. That's what, I think that's what we've continued to learn, but especially learned in 2023 that Kate is a Karen. And sometimes she's a very <laughs> fashionable one. I will say that with a yeah. good speech every now and then clap for her, but she's a Karen. <laughs> sometimes my my phone will autocorrect kate to karen when i'm typing and i've almost like hit post i'm like oh crap i have to go fix that but like sometimes i'm tempted i'm like it fits it's fine um but it's, right you know i don't know if they're ready for that but the, the whole the whole liberator by proxy thing I, I just every time i think about it the twitter reactions at the time though were a plus <laughs> out of this bananas article <laughs> Those were, what is it? The one that made her, that photograph on Harriet Stop it. Harriet You guys, like, this went outside of just royal Twitter, yeah. too. Like, black Twitter black got Twitter. on this, so yeah. you know it was hilarious. And it really was just like, man, you have to stop every time. And this is why Gen Z, though, doesn't like you. Because honestly and truly, the true demographic that you guys are always focused on is dying out. Mm-hmm. And it's the complete opposite of what Gen Z wants to see from you. <laughs> For sure. Like every now and again, William gets it right when he, 
you know, invites TikTok influencers and stuff to Earthshot. But like overall, the demographic that they are just so focused on should not be the one they're focusing on. And these articles are a great example of that because what works for them is getting you flamed on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking like, I would have loved to read this article from a reputable publication not framed this way like an article juxtaposing these two women's ancestry would have been really interesting if it hadn't been framed as being proof that the royals can't possibly be racist you know what i mean i mean yeah exactly ask what would her ancestor think of her (laughs) (laughs) her place in this family and a part of this society what would she think i also loved sorry last thing for me from this article they literally found quotes calling Kate's great aunt ugly. They said Charles Darwin said he was astonished to find how ugly she was. <laughs> I loved that the Daily Mail had to slide that in there. We do love that. So now, sorry guys, I had to change spots and the way I'm holding this microphone. <laughs> but we can now get into some of the highs and lows of this year, but just overall really big moments and what came with them. Mm-hmm. And The big one has been the Jordanian royal wedding, especially from the messages we got in for the Q&A answers. And honestly, yes, I feel like it was everything we thought the coronation was going to be. I mean, guestless, fashion, surprise appearances. Yeah, I haven't live streamed a, a royal event like besides the the funeral and the coronation, like outside of those big generation defining events, I haven't live streamed a royal event in years. This was the first one where I sat in front of my computer and I was glued and trying to see who was showing up and what they were wearing and getting all the live updates. Like this is the first one in ages that I, and I loved every second of it. It was so fun. It was so fun. I mean, for me, a big one was, Princess Mary, I was loving her fit. The one mm-hmm. that she came in, it was that long sleeved gown with like a blue ribbon around it. And then that bow, that cute bow. Oh, it was so good. Kate's too. I loved her welcome look. I wasn't a fan of the reception look. Her eyeshadow yeah. actually made a meme of her and James Charles side by side because that was what her that's what her bronzer was giving okay i'm like boo-boo i respect the 2015 makeup but i also don't respect the bronzer (laughs) yeah well and the other one was princess beatrice who sometimes the the styling is not giving at this royal wedding it was it very much was the welcome look but for for me the reception was bad and i think what got me too was the hair her hair was still Mm. way too blonde and she was doing that kind of messy look, but it was just looking rat nest. Is that mean? <laughs> it's not mean, but remember um, her mom, Sarah Ferguson, went on a podcast right after and said she like didn't think that the Jordanian hairstylists knew how to style a tiara. So I think they knew. They, they, she made some comments <laughs> on her podcast. Yeah. Fergie agrees with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's true. It's true. I never thought I would say those words, but Fergie agrees with me. Like, but she was looking beautiful. And honestly, what was really interesting too is learning about Princess Beatrice's, Beatrice's relationship with the Jordanian royal family. Yes. Because honestly, the friendship they try to give William and Hussan is actually the friendship he has with Beatrice. Because she was at Princess Sama, I think that's who you say her name. She actually went to her graduation in Sandhurst. That was in 2018. I think Misha, I don't know how to say her last name, N-O-N-O-O, 
is Megan's bestie. She was mm-hmm. also at that graduation too. And at Beatrice's 30th birthday party, which was in Jordan, Hussan was there, Misha was there. Also Carly Kloss was there. Random group of people, okay? Beatrice like just be popping out with the most Piers Morgan one day, Jordanian future king the next. <laughs> to be to be a princess, okay? But I thought that was really interesting and it was a surprise pop-up. And when you look at their friendship, this seems to genuinely be one there. But the one we kept hearing about was Prince William and Hussans. And there's like one video they have of them in from like 2018 and just kept replaying it over and over and over again. We also had that moment when William rushed Kate along. Remember that one? Cringe. A very cringy moment. Very cringy. So it's when they're leaving to kind of set the scene. It's when they're, it's after the wedding. Everyone's leaving. They're doing the, oh my gosh, congratulations to the family. And William is awkwardly standing there waiting for Kate to be done chatting and, you know, being a great guest. And he usually, (laughs) he gets his finger up and twirls it around. A quick dad being annoying at the airport, but he's doing it to his wife and telling her to wrap it up. And this is on the live stream. I don't know yeah. if he probably didn't know the quite know the camera angle, even though I'm sure they gave him those notes. So we all know William doesn't really read his notes before engagement. <laughs> so he probably didn't know the camera was panning on him and showed a little bit of his true colors. It was kind of giving Charles Penn moment. Yes. Um, and we will talk about the, the pen moment later uh, in our worst moments, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> the amount of people when I posted that clip of William rushing Kate, who said, what are you talking about? This is so normal. My husband does it to me all the time. I'm like, oh, boo boo. I think Stop you need to. Stop yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to um, have a talk Please with you as well. <laughs> it's not normal. Boo boo, baby girl. That's not a good thing. Okay. It's coming. The call is coming from inside the house. There was a lot of normalizing in general of like shitty male behavior this year is what I'm like realizing in this oh my gosh I mean the fight that broke out and suddenly like William's like you know sexiest man of the year now because he's so manly because he like pushed his brother sexiest bald man of the year (laughs) two years in a row everyone has questioned what is going on with the voting board (laughs) is it all William (laughs) that's what I want to know William and his two hairs and his one fan Another surprise pop up at this wedding was the Middletons, um, because oh every God. royal family that got invited to this wedding, you got the sense that they were given a very small guest list, basically. And the British yes. surprised us. The Spanish also surprised us for a, a reason we will get to in a moment. But the Middletons yes. being invited, not as like dignitaries, but as it seems private, like personal family guests. Yes. And we didn't see them at the ceremony, but we saw them at the reception. So when they popped up, everyone started thinking, oh, these connections run a little deeper than just Beatrice. Okay. Okay. Right. Noted. Noted. Carol, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've always said, like, you wish you were Kris Jenner, but maybe Kris Jenner wishes she was you. Okay. Like, Mm boo-boo. So, yeah. And another surprise pop-up. Honestly, and maybe not too surprising for my family, Although I don't think they're friends anymore because Ivanka Trump was just in Israel and we all know that Queen Rania is all about free Palestine right now. So they really mm-hmm. regret giving that invitation to that BITCH because she was at the wedding. But the real shocking one was that 
the photo of her talking to William pops up, which they have the friendship that the the royal roto wants us to think William and Hussein have again. <laughs> it's Ivanka and, and William. <laughs> Literally, that's yeah. I was like, Oop. and Kate. See, it's always William's dumb enough to get caught like that, but Kate, it's never that dumb. She said, I'm going to walk my ass four steps ahead. Thank you very much. I actually did read the notes and know where the cameras are, and I will not be caught in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Me um, my bronzer. I still need to make the video about how Ivanka's, tr- Ivanka's style and Kate's style are just parallel all the time. So parallel. And, like, how often they're wearing the same things, I don't know. When Kate's actually like dressing a little bit like herself and not like Megan, it's just quite wild. <laughs> I, yeah, I would like one day wonder if we're ever going to see more of that or more of that's going to come out. I know Kim Kardashian is trying to make Ivanka Trump happen on a mainstream level. So maybe they'll get a little more honest about that friendship there. Who knows? Who knows? But Anything could happen. One of the biggest honestly at least in the royal fandom the biggest pop-up would have been former king juan carlos from spain Mm -hmm. because this wedding we're all thinking king philippe and queen letizia are gonna pop up Mm -hmm. but no 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 a former and this okay so for people who don't know anything about him let me explain why this is a big deal but amanda and i I are both just like i cannot believe (laughs) you know was this man pretty much exiled himself in 2020 when it came out that he was a scammer, Mm -hmm. like a huge scammer. So obviously he's had a ton of affairs because that's what these men seem to do. But what happened was in 2018, one of his previous mistresses had to start talking because her Swedish accounts had like all of this money in it like they saying like a huge amount of money and they're wondering where it's coming from because it's not accounted for and she spills on him and pretty much says that he got like a kickback of a hundred million dollars from the saudi arabia family or the government i'm not sure if it was the royal family well the royal family is the government yeah so he got a hundred million dollar kickback and pretty much deposited it into her bank accounts so that all came out. If this, they said this is from political, from like a 2020 political article. It was taken of the Saudis' appreciation for the Spanish king's help in contracting a company to build a high-speed railway to Mecca, part of an $8 billion Saudi project. Mm-hmm. And they also then found out a couple of foundations were solely made to pretty much funnel money to him. So this all started blowing up back in the day, even as early as 2014, people were asking questions about his finances. So he handed over the monarchy to his son, King Philippe. Philippe. (laughs) Thank you. I said that right the first time I said his name. You did. They kicked it back to him to try to get off, but he didn't leave until 2020. So really since COVID, he dipped out of Spain. He's been living, hiding out really in a mansion in Abu Dhabi. Um, And the few events we've seen him for, one of them was this Jordanian royal wedding. He did not even attend his granddaughter's like 18th birthday celebrations where she swore an oath to the constitution this year. Like he is laying low. We will see his wife um, sometimes, but Juan Carlos, like very, very select appearances. And it's usually for places where he has these deep royal connections. So apparently the Jordanian royal family is one of them. I, it's honestly stunning that the Spanish monarchy seems to somewhat be doing so well, mm-hmm. thinking this all only happened three years ago. 
the former king was stealing millions of dollars. Like, I would not trust his son, no matter how good looking he is, and his wife. I'm just saying, and I'm not even saying that, like, he's, like, his daddy, but I'm just surprised that they're so liked. I feel like there, I'd be a little bit, like, I'd, why would I trust you? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, the advantage either, yeah, I don't know. It was a head scratcher, but the entire day was just fascinating to watch. Um, and that's yes. why it's on our, both of our best list, I think. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It felt like a real royal moment. And the real royal moment we needed after the coronation did not deliver. (laughs) Now, I did have, I did have the coronation as one of my best moments. um, Only because on a personal level, I enjoyed it so much. Like I said, Mm -hmm. it's been a it's been a long time since I've tuned in live for a royal event. Um, I had my partner here and I had some friends over and we watched and we drank mimosas and like, that was really fun. It's been a while since we've gotten to do that. Like, the Jubilee, we did the same thing, but... Oh, okay, there see, were, that's fine. There were so many, like, little tidbits. Not Charles. Charles was not the most interesting part of Coronation Day, but it was just what seeing what everyone was going to wear. And, oh my god, the Waleses are late. <laughs> they got here, like, after the king did. Katy Perry can't find her oh, seat. God. Like, things like that made it a best moment for me. <laughs> Katy Perry not being able to find her seat. And that, okay, what did she wear? Uh, what Who did she wear? It was Vivian Westwood. Yes, and it did not fit. That's all I remember about that one. I'm like, boo-boo. Yeah. This isn't like, this like, I can understand. Like, okay, but no, that was too much. That was, I was like, girl, you look uncomfortable and I'm uncomfortable for you. Also, the Tierra, not Tierra moment from Kate was so sly and so smart and so good. Charlotte, Louise, George. And I just, I mean, like, Charlotte and Kate, like, the coordination there was beautiful. It was so beautiful. I also loved what we can call Cape Gate uh, with the the insistence that there was a detachable cape to Kate's dress. And I still, I still to this day hold that there was not. There was no cape. And I look back really fondly on those arguments because I was living. <laughs> it didn't oh, matter. I, McQueen I, I, is amazing, but I'm sorry, Sarah Borden is not a magician. Okay? Like, can we stop? She is yeah. not, like, okay, the fairy godmother over here. Yeah. <laughs> it was just nice to argue about something that did not matter once again. <laughs> That's so true. Or people be like, why would Kate do that? She would never. Like, she, Kate would never get something made that's almost exactly the same i mean are we talking about the same woman (laughs) she's done that like twice this year other than the coronation okay yeah like stop yeah it was just uh, all around it was a fun time i did not care about the man whose party it was but i liked having something that big to talk about again i guess So to kind of round off our top moments of the 2023 year, I have to talk about Harry and Meghan being outside more. We obviously saw them at Invictus. We saw them at the Beyonce concert. We saw them at the Katy Perry concert. They went to that. The Lakers game was also this year where Megan wore the pink suit with the shorts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm also missing another one. But all in all of those, they're cheering people on. They're having a good time. Megan's 
you know, awkwardly dancing, but in the cutest way possible at Beyonce. And then she went for the second night by herself and she's with all the stars. And then just seeing them at Katy Perry and even Invictus, the way they were celebrating in the crowd, singing the songs and giving out treats to the kids and stuff. I just, I feel like a lot of that we were supposed to see. And I feel like it's introducing fun again to Harry and Meghan, but especially with Meghan, like that Clever Blend ad. It's like, bring back fun to Megan. And Megan said, I'm going to do it. And we're going to see me have fun. And you're going to smile when you see me not just be like, oh, what drama is getting brought up? (laughs) Yeah. And that's not to say that it's not strategic. The moments that we see them out having fun, especially you brought up Megan's Clever ad, which was very recent. Um, But I love it. It, It's it's, because every time she goes outside, I wrote a a Substack article about this. It was like my first one. Uh, Every time she goes outside, she'll make the front page of some paper in the the UK. Oh, yes. Even though it's not remotely related to her work, even if it is just her and Harry, like, being humans, they still command so much attention and their images Mm -hmm. are so powerful. Um, And those moments are really fun reminders of that because we can all sit at home and we can see exactly what's going on like the game that is still kind of being played by one side only the british press um but harry and Meghan are just i think they they are living their best lives and moving into that era exactly and it's a really great giving that imagery to that like you guys are still complaining but we're out here living our best lives and yes that's taking private jets to places yes that's being friends with beyonce and going to her concerts you know that's taking our team out to a lakers game because that was with the archwell team that they took them out with i think there was another like Archwell event they went to it was taking the whole team out and it was something really fun and I think a sporting event oh the Canada I don't know if that was with Archwell mm-hmm. but there's also the hockey game you know to inv- announce Invictus and stuff like that but and that's again seeing Megan having a good time really into the game a reminder that she lived in Canada for how long and was into hockey and knows the game well sporty mm-hmm. Megan you know <laughs> Very, I and all of those for me were just really fun moments to see that. I mean, especially the Beyonce moments, but I also think just really smart, really smart to talk about her brand again and make it, or not talk about her brand, but to have her brand being something of, I can have fun. I like to go out with my girls. We heard about her going to Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift supposedly. And I love that for her. And I hope we see more of that in 2024. Yes, because it's not just her having fun. It's her uplifting some community or other whenever she's being seen at this point. Because we get those those couple paparazzi shots of her doing stuff around Montecito, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the, yes. the moments where you can tell she is on, she is ready to like shine and just... and. Spend exactly. time with people who are in this new chapter in her life, which we love. Exactly. And being like a girl's girl. Like, we love that. Yes. We love that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I don't have a good segue. I was going to say, speaking of a girl's girl, but uh, my worst moments. <laughs> well, okay, we could do speaking of a girl's girl or not uh, for one of my worst moments. Are you ready for it? Yes. I, I know <laughs> with this, I'm like, wait, who, what? <laughs> It's another very recent one, and I didn't get a chance to talk about it too much on my pages just because of the holidays coming up, but Crown Princess Victoria of Sweden and Prince Daniel visiting the UK and getting ignored by Will and Kate at the the Royal Variety performance. This is something I saw 
picked up in a couple media outlets and it doesn't bode well for the the global statesman image i think that william is trying to foster here sorry this is a weird one to start out on because it is not the biggest worst moment of 2023 in the royal world but it's one that like it's important snuck through for me yeah so if you're mm-hmm. not if you don't know what i'm talking about um when will and kate hosted victoria and daniel they went to the royal variety performance this is where kate wore her teal turquoise what some people called her revenge dress um we can agree to disagree on that but (laughs) out of that evening there were no pictures of the two royal couples together and i thought that was so odd and people had to go looking for video clips of them and the interactions that we saw were so awkward it was embarrassing and we've talked about state visits on this podcast before about how they're supposed to be all about fostering these connections and these like informal friendship bonds that was not what i saw and i saw no victoria and daniel getting like left behind not being introduced to people by will and kate which like that's your role when you're hosting an informal visit um very basic things that they should be doing as a host was not not good so and you and knowing my... too that Victoria's close or seems to be close with the other European royal women, it's interesting seeing her interact well or not interact with Kate because you can tell yeah. it's absolutely not the same vibe. Just recently on my Instagram, I um reposted some photos of it was Queen Maxima, Princess, Princess Mary. Mary. Yeah. And I forgot the blonde woman. She's Was it Meta Merit of Norway? Yes. And it was yeah. for Victoria's wedding. And they're mm-hmm. literally crying and like mm-hmm. gushing, seeing her come out in her wedding dress and stuff like that. Like the girlhood, the sisterhood that I think Megan thought she was walking into, you could actually yeah. see there. And it's so noticeable for one that Kate isn't a part of that because they don't send any of the higher up worlds. It's usually the Wessex yeah. and there don't seem yeah. to be very close to these other European families. But I think especially in these moments when they do interact with William and Kate, you can see that these are just kind of, I don't know, the distant cousins that you see once a year at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, there's not that chemistry there whatsoever. And William and Kate don't seem to care to appear like there is that sort of chemistry. Yeah, it's this, I mean... W- they're looking for a CEO for their royal household. I think that tells you all that you need to know. It's business for them. It's not it's a relationship to be kept up. And it sucks um, because that is a fundamental change, I think, to how the royal world works. But I think that's yes. what we can expect from them going forward unless they get some advice based on <laughs> this last <laughs> visit from Sweden. But that was crazy. Speaking of not a girl's girl... One of my worst (laughs) (laughs) moments was when we saw Crown Prince Frederick. This, okay, let me actually set the scene a little bit more. So Crown Prince Frederick, I am blanking on what country, on what country he's for. Denmark. Can you remember? Thank you, Amanda. Denmark (laughs) at the Spanish Royals come visit first um, a trip. Mm-hmm. As this is happening, it breaks in the Spanish press that Crown Prince Frederick was in Spain and is photographed being seen around 7 and 8 o'clock at night leaving the apartment of a woman, this really pretty blonde woman who I guess is an actress. 
who they yeah. also say make sure to let us know is single and lives alone. They are seen leaving her house. They go to a restaurant. They come back around one o'clock in the morning. He's seen going inside and not leaving until the next morning in a different pair, in a different outfit yeah. and with a bag. So I think we can all kind of summarize. It was like, oh my gosh, is he cheating on yeah. Crown Princess Mary? Which well, how dare and that you? visit when he was in Spain, first of all, that wasn't an official visit. Apparently the, the officials had no idea he was there. And Crown Princess mm-hmm. Mary, at the time those pictures were taken, was in New York City doing stuff at the United yes. Nations. So this was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. And the fact that the Spanish press held on to that and dropped it yeah. when sp- the Spanish royals were in Denmark was so petty and just another layer of the storytelling and pettiness going on here. And they got quotes from sources saying, yeah. oh yeah, we seem around here all the time. Like this mm-hmm. isn't surprising. Yeah. So I just... And- a moment of shock and awe. Okay. Yeah. And people tried to come for me for, I made a TikTok about it. And listen, with Royal Affairs, I never sit here and speculate on, is it happening? Is it not happening? I'm just here to tell you what is being reported. If I think it's interesting mm-hmm. enough. Um, <clears throat> William and Rose. Uh, but yes. <laughs> with this one in particular, as soon as I posted the pictures, which were like, re- they were really bad pictures. They were taken from a distance and like kind of grainy. But the first round of them, there was some doubt. People were like, I don't think that's Crown Prince Frederick. And I was like, okay, you think if this wasn't him in this picture, the palace would be saying, we don't comment on the private lives of the royals instead of that wasn't him. So Because they do comment too. They do Mm -hmm. comment about controversies going on. So that was also very noticeable that they said, we won't be commenting on this because like when what happened the youngest son left the Denmark family and put out that statement the whole family was talking to the press they are they were making statements and they were talking to the press they usually deal with this stuff head on and it was very Mm -hmm. noticeable that they were like we're not commenting on personal matters we don't do that which it's like but you guys do though individually they do (laughs) yeah like and okay. Crown Princess Mary, God love her. As soon as this news broke, people were scrutinizing her every move. And there was that one moment yes. where they were leaving. I think it was still the state visit. They were leaving a gala or something, mm-hmm. concert. She was icy. She was flustered. She like forgot to shake somebody's hand. She got to the car, had yes, to turn around. Yes, one of the diplomats. Um, yes. It was had to do a full ugh. turnaround to come back and shake their hand because she knew, and like, that's I have to do unusual. this. Like, this is very unusual for and, and you know obviously polished. it could be for numerous reasons just the fact that this has been reported at all whether it's sure or not would fluster anyone or there's also the other possibilities of this maybe it's true and it's being outed who knows but that was that was it shocking came out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah out of nowhere and like i don't follow the denmark family as closely as the british royal family so Mm -hmm. especially for me someone who just kind of cheers them on from the outside i was like another one (laughs) another one because honestly you guys when you look more and more into the history of royal men it is more likely they cheat than they do not so let's just hope that frederick is an exception and not the norm okay (laughs) yikes Um, We can stay international really quick because my next uh, worst royal moment of the year was 
Princess Amalia of the Netherlands, who was attending university this year for the first time. Um, she is oh, what? Yes. She's 18. Let's see. 19, maybe now. Um, but she is attending university and she can no longer leave her house because of threats against her life of kidnapping and assassination. And I remembered that these kind of kicked off this year and I, it just made me so sad because we had so many Very royals turn 18 this year. We had um, Prince Christian of Denmark. We had Princess Sophia, I think. Yes. In Spain. Yes. Um, and it's just like a reminder that it's really, really hard even now where there is so much more privacy for roy young royals it's so hard for them to live royal li lives and princess amalia is um a perfect example she's you know spoken out about how it's it's really really tough for her right now and she can't go to class unless she's like attended by armed security with surveillance it's and it's so awkward yeah it's awful i just I don't know. I, I had to throw that in there as maybe like a more somber worst moment uh before my my favorite one of the year but please please give it to us <laughs> hard hard pivot okay my <laughs> number one worst royal moment of this year was king charles the third versus pens it has to be <laughs> because we're coming off of the coronation we're gonna be his downfall okay his downfall we're coming off of the coronation. not one but two horrendous <laughs> moments caught live on camera and they both involved a pen and i you can't make this up you can't make it up and i reckon i'm sitting here listening i'm like oh wait that was like 2022 that that happened but time is blending together we can talk about king charles like rain kicking off this year it's fine but the, the president um, feels like yeah right like, i forget like where we when did this happen no, he, <laughs> Charles is definitely like that old man. He's like, I'm old, I can do and say what I want, and genuinely forgets. I feel like the cameras are right, right there right in front of his face, looking for a moment. Okay, like you don't always get a viral moment, and the only time you really do is when you're being messy, and you gave him two messy moments. Like, mm -hmm. man, what are you doing? Yeah, people don't already yeah. don't like you. <laughs> it made me wonder like how much preparation did he do for being king beyond like i don't know making a list of all his good ideas right I, it, it it actually i was thinking about this in terms of like gender and sex politics and it was making me really angry because i was like queen elizabeth was so good at never letting mm -hmm. her mask drop and i think that's something that women in the royal world are expected to cultivate kate megan yes. they're expected to be perfect all the time and the men are given a lot more leeway so and King Charles just exploding over that ballpoint pen which exploded over his hands and then <laughs> the just nastiness that when that thing was in his way and he's like get, get this out of my face <laughs> it's just that is face is face <laughs> I know and it's like this is day two on the job and you can give him like some credit like his mom just passed away he's taking on this new job but the fact of the matter is his mother didn't get that same benefit of the doubt she just lost her father she had to yeah. climb down that tree she had to come back and make sure she had the perfect dress on and the perfect kitty heels and so and on you know what? and she had to that's take a over. moment that's a moment that we still talk about 70 years later because of how perfectly she executed it 
and now the grace yes and now king charles he started out his own reign with that in everyone's minds like i feel like that might have been the most watched moment from his coronation um, oh totally his, well not coronation but accession um but yeah and i mean it, it went along with so many of the memes just calling him just like a brat I mean, yeah. the means that are just solely making fun of him and make fun of him, him when he gets the crown put on his head and stuff. And it's just like, it yeah. all goes back to treating him like he's a child being awarded for something small that he did. And mm-hmm. that's not where they want the royals to be, especially the monarch, but that's where he is with people. And I think, I mean, there's many reasons why he's going to struggle to get the people on his side. And I think it's because one, we're in 2023 and times are changing. There's a cost of living crisis and people are asking questions about societal norms. And then there's also the fact that he is an old man. Ageism is a thing in our culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's not a beautiful young man. He's an old man that has sausage fingers. So it's like, you got to give some personality, my man. And it's like the initial personality that you're giving people is you just acting like an asshole. It just doesn't look good. Like even William would know better than that. And that man barely knows anything. (laughs) I don't mean, he knows something, but. We've gotten so many more moments where it's just like Charles he's not showing us grace he's not showing us uh any poise as king it it really does seem to be like this battle of wills all the time when he's all on the time. stage and so that is one of the worst one of the worst things for me i think too another worst moment and i will say worse with charles was more recently but it was during the what cop 27 the climate yeah. change convention they do and mm-hmm. where I forgot where it took place. Was it UAE this this year? The United Arab Emirates? Yeah. But the prime minister is currently beefing with Greece because he doesn't want to give them back these these art pieces. I'm forgetting what the art pieces are called. And you guys, sorry, I did not look this up beforehand. Oh, but they were there. The, the, I know. I know. I'm an art historian. <laughs> yes, the, please. Thank you. The, it's. I think it's the Elgin Marbles from the Parthenon. Um, which is yes. a classic debate within the art history world because Britain literally it, stole them. Literally stole them. Literally. And they uh, also steal yeah. from white people. Yeah, they do that. And they don't want to give them back. So a meeting was canceled between the PM and the Greek, um, the Greek prime minister too, because he doesn't pretty much want to discuss this at all. So during the COP27, Charles wears a tie with the Greek flag on it. And obviously he's also partially Greek. Philip here, obviously his Mm. father, and he's always been very proud of his Greek heritage, but the timing was definitely showing whose side he was on with this debate. And while that usually you're like, why would that be a worst moment? And for me, it's a worst moment because how dare you, a monarch of the British royal family, think you can have a say in this, think you can pipe up and have a say and think you're doing something suddenly standing up for stolen art when you sat there and crowned yourself and had all of these stolen diamonds on you and your wife for your coronation. Like it really just shows the ignorance and the fact that you don't really care unless it personally affects you or it's white people that were stolen from because the black and brown people have been very loud and vocal about everything you're stolen and what they want back is quiet. There's not a tie in place with the Indian flag. Okay. (laughs) Nothing. Mm -hmm. So I just, it's two things for me yeah two things for with me along with the hypocrisy it's either that that 
um, kind of blatant disregard for his own place in history as a representative of this institution, or it is just straight up ignorance and a coincidence. And we've talked about this with Kate before, like, because sometimes I think, you know, there's some there's some room to maybe give her the benefit of the doubt when people think she's had an outfit slip up a diplomatic dressing slip up it could truly just be that these people are that oblivious um and don't even read the news i think that is another equally horrific possibility or exactly (laughs) it's what you said and he is trying to to step his foot into politics and in that case i don't i i also hate it because that is another hallmark of charles reign short reign so far is this like tug of war that he seems to be in with the government when the whole thing we've been told about the British monarchy for the past seven decades is that they are apolitical and above politics. And with Charles, Mm -hmm. we're finding out that that's suddenly not the case. Um, I'm also reminded of an excerpt that's getting a little bit of attention from Endgame right now, where um, Omid writes that it was actually Rishi Sunak's government who wanted the coronation to be big and lavish. And that's why it was so like, I think, out of step with what Charles kept saying he wanted, which was yes, you know the, the scale down more condensed. Yes, yeah, and and there's a, I'll try and find the TikTok to send it to you if you haven't seen it yet. But it, it's basically the explanation coming out now is that no Rishi Sunak and his cabinet wanted the coronation to be as big and lavish as possible so that the heat for the cost of living crisis went off of them, uh, and because smart, for weeks after the coronation. Smart who were people pointing the fingers at, you know, the Royals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Specifically King Charles. It's just, you. if you're going to be above it, then be above it. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. Charles wants to have his way so badly that he gets himself in these situations where he can't help but be implicated in politics. And it's not fun to watch. <laughs> it's not. It's that Scorpio popping out, which is mm-hmm. you don't know when to shut up. You don't yeah. know when to leave the argument or just not Never complain, it, it, it never you, explain. <laughs> like, okay, the Scorpio said, I rebuke, I rebuke. <laughs> we have fun. No, but absolutely, we do. It's, <laughs> and, and just but, real quick, too, on that with Kate and the dressing thing, I agree with you. I think some of it is she simply and Natasha don't know. Nat- Natasha is also a very rich white woman who lives, you know, in her community and her community and that's it that people look just like her and think just like her but i also remind people it's like it's just not an excuse though because if diplomatic dressing is going to be your thing Mm -hmm. if you are going to press that it is your thing and that you're so smart about it then you gotta always be smart about it wearing the Mm -hmm. opposition's colors when you're in jamaica when you're going to meet the prime minister is not smart and there's not an excuse for that you should know these things so yeah it's just like with Charles like oh he some source was like he didn't mean anything about it it's like yes he did yes he did and if he genuinely didn't know that happens he's ignorant and stupid like this Mm -hmm. is your job this is the you should know these basics before you get dressed in the morning and you choose your tie which let's be real we all know he purposely meant to wear that and to send a message I don't think he just expected people to also talk about the fact he refuses to give back stolen goods too (laughs) <laughs> or at least participate in that conversation and hold the, you know, hold the government to some sort of standard like he will for his Greek family. Right. Because I'm pretty right. sure he's like the, 
um, godfather to one of the Greek royals, too. They're, like, famously close with that family for some reason, even though they're not even real royals because they got, like, voted out. They literally did. (laughs) Well, and that's the other... We have to do a deep dive on the Greek royals at some point because when you said he's proud of his Greek heritage, it's also not Greek heritage in the way I think we want it to be, like, Mm -hmm. ethnically Greek. It's... Prince Philip was Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark. Like, these were, for the most part, European transplants to Greece that made up the royal family. And that's kind of how it is today. Um, I just want to get that note in there. And maybe maybe that'll be a teaser for a future deep dive. (laughs) Yes, that would be a very fun one to do. A very fun one. Well, since you mentioned um, these things have to be thought of when you're getting dressed in the morning... Do you want to move on to best and worst royal fashion of the year? Yes, please. Okay. You t- take us away. You want to do best or so, worst first? I'll do. A, I'll do. Okay, I'm going to start out with Kate because she did bring us some best best Jordanian royal wedding. That mm. looked the Elisab. Um, the earrings. There's a rumor that those were actually gifted to her for her wedding, and they're from a Middle Eastern royal family. Could have been the Jordanian royal family. That was a beautiful look. The hair, okay, she gave us that old Hollywood curls with the deep part. She gave us a flash of that huge, beautiful diamond that costs more than my life, okay? Okay, <laughs> it's just, that diamond was gorgeous, you guys. That dress was beautiful. So that was a top moment for me. That was like a top find for Jordanian royal wedding outfits for me, but overall yes. looks too. But then she also gets one of my worst because- <sighs> The red cape with the red. Mm. It was giving linebacker. The more I go back and look at that look, the more I'm just like, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not, ma'am. <laughs> it's just. The more I look at it, the more I get Red Riding Hood because I just think there should be bloomers on the bottom. Every time I see that that look, I look at it from the top down and I'm expecting them when I get to her legs. Um, yes. It's it not was- in my worst, but it's it's not good. Yeah, that one got my worst. And I think maybe it's just because I'm so disappointed with it because that um, cloak is beautiful. And I think Mm. Natasha, I have a feeling Natasha will never, ever style it correctly. So I just said, you know what? You need, you are going where you belong. And that is worse. (laughs) One of of the, one of the worst for me, for me. That's fair. Kate did get one of my best. Um, I have two, do I have two bests? Yes, I have two best outfits kate was one of them and it was her outfit at the um ceremony for her being sworn in as colonel in chief of the irish guards which was this year oh yes yes um it's that teal number which was it was genius on so many levels um because i think once you get past it was you know saint patrick's day once you get past the fact that it's not like a straight green outfit and you get into the details Mm -hmm. of it it was I thought it was perfection Um, from everything from like the buttons on it, matching the buttons worn by the regiment, like the pattern of them um, to the color of the outfit, like matching the plume on their hats or their ceremonial dress. I loved it so much and it looked luxurious in a way that Kate's red cape did not. (laughs) Um, Yes. the, the, The hat was beautiful. It was stunning. Absolutely stunning. That was that was a really beautiful look. And I think, too, it was giving us a military look that wasn't so military Cole's, Cole's play. Like, she really, she found what right. she needed to there. She was right in the middle. It was giving off what it needed to give without her pretending to play dress up as someone who was in the military. 
Well, it's so funny you should mention that because that is how I decided on my worst royal look of the year, um, which might surprise you. But it was Queen Camilla at Trooping the Color, which was military cosplay. Um, <laughs> that was the day everyone was oh in their my red, gosh. their red uniforms, and she had a dress made by like her normal dressmaker to look like a uniform with the shoulder details, the neck details. She had this little hat on that could have looked military inspired, but it was just a dress. That was so ugly. Crazy. (laughs) Drove me crazy. And like, once you get to the, the like waist, there's no belt, nothing. It just goes into the same old, like shapeless kind of tent dress that she always wears. Made me sad, made me kind of angry because, okay, someone like Princess Anne, regularly appears in military uniform queen elizabeth regularly appeared in like a feminine version like a female coded version of her Mm -hmm. military uniforms they were military like regulation um queen victoria you can go all the way back to her she had military uniforms made for her within like the the you know fashion guidelines expected of women of the day but it wasn't playing dress up and that's what this was and it drove me nuts but you know, she blended in on that balcony and Kate stood out. So maybe that is so her, funny. Uh, yeah. That was her karma. Yeah. My maybe. best dress was definitely Queen Maxima. It was in that beautiful Which white one? gown by Van Harpen. Yeah. That was recently when she was in Paris. That, oh my gosh, my jaw dropped. Just that was stunning. Because I'm pretty sure she's worn their gown, her gown once before. But this one I think was so stunning because one of the color, the fit, the fit was divine. It just fit her so perfectly. Mm-hmm. She was glowing in it. I know some people didn't like maybe the hair choices and stuff, but I kind of loved it because I thought like that is such a gown. It's smart mm-hmm. to just let it shine and do all it needs to do. You and your face. She's got a beautiful face. She's got a rocking body and she had a beautiful gown and they did all they needed to do together. I also loved that it was an evening event um, because she was photographed another time in an Iris Van Herpen gown. And it was again at evening. So there was like the flash and the the contrast with the background. I think it just worked so perfectly with how sculptural Mm -hmm. that dress was. I loved it so much. It was a (sighs) statement piece um, and it really let the work of the person she was there to celebrate shine and, and oh totally point. like talk about a way to represent her work in the most beautiful way Frances first lady was there that weirdo with that yeah. ugly bob and she was not wearing the designer mm-hmm. and you guys i make fun of this woman and i'm gonna say now why i'm so mean to her she's a weirdo and she started dating um started seeing and connecting with her husband when he was 16 she was one of his teachers yeah. so when i yeah. say ugly and an ugly bob i mean it because that's what i call pedos okay that's a that's a fuck ass take it back. Okay, a fuck ass Bob is getting Lord. What's his name? Lord from Shrek. Farquaad. He's <laughs> giving Lord Farquaad. Farquaad the most. If he went blonde, they would have the same exact hair. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. This is a tangent. Well, that was my runner up. Um, but I went with a different one as my best, which was also from Queen Maxima. I hate to say it, but um, my best look for Maxima was also in France, but it was when she was on that the state visit and she wore that red evening gown. It was the same color of her sash and it had the, the, the like balloon sleeves. It was off the shoulder and it was just so stunning. She's looking it up. Right Queen Maxima. Now. Yes, I am. I am Googling this right now because I want to be in the moment with it. And she wore oh, it with the yes, pearl yep. tiara and like pearl drop earrings and all these, you know, the royal honors and the brooches. 
stunning. And this is why she I love to watch She can do an evening gown like no one else. She mm-hmm. knows how to really bring it with an evening gown, especially with the tiara. She does her tiara so well with the evening gowns. Like, yeah. True credit to her. That's why, because she does a lot. It'd be a lot sometimes, but in the most fun way, even if I don't like it, I'm like, at least it's fun. It's fun to it's watch. giving what it needed to give, you know? Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful look in that. Ooh. <laughs> Yes, Kate, yeah. take some notes. Don't just take notes just, on me and take notes on Maxima. Some some royals they're they're allowed to get away with luxury because of all the favor they have amongst their people, and some are not. And I think Maxima is one who is not only able to get away with it, but who does it really well. Exactly. And she's known for it. It's a part of her style and people expect it. It's smart. It's very smart. All right. Um, speaking of luxury, in a not good way, you're gonna hate me, but my <laughs> My second worst outfit uh, of the Royals this year was Princess Rajwa's reception dress. Not her wedding dress, but the one she put on for oh, her reception. Yes. With the, oh my gosh. The crown, the crown molding oh dress. Oh my gosh. The Barbie cake dress. Horrible. As many people call That's it. That's what you get I, when you call on Dolce Gambana to make your dress. That's what you ugh. deserve at that point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so many people just trying to tell me i didn't understand fashion and i didn't understand luxury i was like no it's ugly it's just ugly it's got like a bubble hem i the the gloves looked cheap i didn't like it like i don't want to understand if that means i'm gonna like that look i don't want to understand because it's just like you said it was giving barbie cake topper i remember her walking out with i'm like no yeah which sucks because We've seen from the two Jordanian royal weddings this year that modest dressing can be stunning, can be gorgeous. And it's this dress stunning. let them down. <laughs> it was so bad. And even just like in the group photo, it's just giving cake topper. Just put her on top of the cake. That's where she went next, just on top of the cake. And I don't think it helps that all the pictures we got out of that reception were in like that weird antechamber of wherever they were having the reception and it was like ugly hotel yes. carpeting, ugly lighting, but I don't mm-hmm. think anything bad lighting. Dress. Like the lighting was just yellow, just straight yeah. up yellow, which no one looks good under that fluorescent light, uh-uh. yellow light, like just oh, it was so bad. Was- I know she was I just want to know who pressured her into that dress. Was that her own styling decision? Because her style is so chic. I just want to know who made the choice on that reception dress because it seems so far out of her style too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it was uh, a mother-in-law choice, but it doesn't even seem like it's a Queen Rania style dress. No, it, it, she usually know. does better when she goes, you know, more maximal with her style. I feel like she wouldn't even go there. So maybe she was just trying to do something different. And unfortunately she hired Dolce and Cabana to do it and it backfired. Yeah. And that's what happens. <laughs> that is what happens when you hire them. They haven't been able to design since the 90s, okay? I like for my other worst, the only other one I can think of is, which I can't believe I'm going to say this because I love her and she takes mm. up a lot of my favorite looks, but was Queen Letizia for the Denmark visit. Again, we talked about this before with her and her gowns, how they overwhelm her. And then she puts on a giant tiara too. And it's yeah. just like, it's giving yeah. Barbie, 80s Barbie, like Christmas, you know, the Christmas edition, but not in a good way. And well, that and, blue yeah. dress, it just looked way too big on her. Yeah, it's And I'm just like, you're swimming in it. 
she's so yeah she is she's just petite and the tiaras that the spanish royal family has they look like um glinda from from wizard of oz they're huge yeah. they're like pageant <laughs> they're tiaras so and then you put them on this teeny tiny woman and she has no choice but to go big with the gowns most of the time mm. um, just to kind of try and i would i would imagine balance so that she can walk um, yeah, like she's meant for one. like a sleek chic look and unfortunately when she goes outside of that with the ball gowns it's just not working for her and I remember seeing that and be like I knew this was gonna happen but I'm still just like no <laughs> please no yeah so Amanda had a good idea for Royal MVP this year mm-hmm. and I, I actually kind of have I gotta split mine almost in half because I got to give a little shout out to Harry for winning his case and it being on the record by a judge that Piers Morgan is a liar and lied about not knowing about the hacking that was going on at, what was it, the Express while he was editor there. Mm -hmm. But my main one is definitely Luis. Pretty much Luis with the boots and the fur. That's all the song that keeps getting stuck in my head every time I think about him walking up to the Christmas Carol in those boots. Okay, looking so cute. That is Prince Say, Louis, uh, if you are not familiar with Alex's uh, <laughs> colloquial pronunciations on this podcast, Prince Louis. Yes, <laughs> I'll give you a, a little Louis, my little Louis, I'm going to marry a butcher it with my American accent. Yes, I am. But it also just like beating those, I have to wear shorts until I'm six or whatever. Yes. Allegations. He said, this is the benefits of being the second spare. Do what I want. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved him at the Christmas Carol concert. So sweet. So sweet. He, I liked when he yelled yeah. at that nutcracker. I did enjoy that. <laughs> that. And I just love that still. They just let him be who he is. Let him be yeah. who he is in public. And I love that. I love that for him. And I love that his parents allow that because he is who he is. He's what, five years old. Let him be five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of that energy, please, uh, into the next year. Um, okay, I'm gonna for my royal MVP. I thought a lot about this, and I didn't want to just say like Harry, like you did, because I think that's what people expect. But I'm gonna give it to Queen Rania of Jordan, um, not just because she pulled off two stunning royal weddings, which is not easy yes. to do two in two in the space no. of like three or four months. Um, mm-hmm. that was huge and they were stunning and good press for the Jordanian royal family but also because she has been and the whole Jordanian royal family crown prince Hussein and um, King Abdullah they have been using their platform in the past few months to speak out against the genocide happening in Palestine and I mm-hmm. am always going to admire that if a royal is able to not just not do what Charles is doing and kind of lash out from his platform but to actually take a stand and and make it clear that that is your stance and you're going to stick to it for the past several months these jordanian royals have been hitting up the united nations they've been posting speeches they've been on the ground doing the visits doing the work and queen rania especially has been doing it with such poise and Mm -hmm. just like watching her it's just inspiring if you didn't read um she wrote an op-ed for christmas uh, which was so good it was heartbreaking oh it got it was, me emotional um, i forget which paper it was in but it was titled christmas is canceled oh, washington post washington post it was called christmas is canceled in the land of jesus's birth and it's just it tugs at your heartstrings and that is an oh, example it's of beautiful. Royal who is using their platform intelligently and to be on the right side of history 
Exactly. And a reminder, she's Palestinian. Both of her parents are. Mm-hmm. So and this is very close to her. And the capital of Jordan is just a couple hours away from the Gaza Strip. So it's, yeah, it's exactly. happening in her backyard. It's happening probably to people that she knows. And I, I applaud and her I for know. not just taking you mm-hmm. know, the, the apolitical stance. Especially because they love their European folks because they love their European money. So the fact they are speaking out so vocally, I'm sure has cost them, especially financially. But well, they we were mentioning... To- Ivanka at the the wedding, you know, Ivanka's exactly big into her husband is Jewish, so that's a big part of her identity now. And you do wonder what. This and they is. are supporting the genocide. They are supporting it with their whole chest. The genocide. So yeah, they're they're yeah. missing. They're losing some friends. So right. knowing that and knowing they're still speaking out and continue to, a lot of respect for her. A lot yeah. of respect for her. And you guys, please read the Washington Post article that she wrote because, and the reason why it's so, at least got me so emotional is because she's stating so many facts, but facts that are heartbreaking because it is affecting real people's lives. Like so, how many, we're at 10,000 dead. Okay. The bombings were happening on Christmas day. Like the facts are just jarring and I think it's so important to hear from people who are personally affected by it and people who grew up with Palestinian parents and know these people as humans, not just, you know, as terrorists, as some people want you to think of Palestinians. It's a very important read and everything that they're doing. They're also, um, Jordan is also supporting Gaza with sending out Yes. Um, critical medical needs and stuff like that. I know Princess Salma was a part of one of the recent drops too, which was really yeah. big. And we did a very great video on it and the startup to all of that. So I, and I, and those two, I wonder what's like, it's going to be like for them with like the British Royal family who are taking, you know, not really a stance at all, but how that's going to be for them. Are we going to see Beatrice hanging out with them next year? Yeah. You know, these are it's, the type of things yeah. too that will affect relationships. So again, it's a very big deal that they are standing strong on this. Absolutely. And since you brought up the British royal family, I just I'm thinking too like I think King Charles his Christmas speech this year was all about peace and how conflict is tearing us apart and I don't know, the energy that the British royals had in support of Ukraine last year. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't help but think, okay, this is where we are now in 2023. Um, yeah. And there is an example like, of a royal doing the right thing and, and taking the truly like, like, I don't know, human centric stance here, which is, Hey, genocide is bad. Uh, and, and isn't afraid to say that. And it's just, yeah, it's a jarring, jarring contrast. And they're afraid to say it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing like we, what we've seen for what they did for Ukraine has been seeing that support for Palestinians is very interesting, but all mostly, like you said, just sad. It's like, yeah. it's really easy for you to talk about peace and how bad conflict is when you're sitting there on your, in your ivory tower yeah. But, okay. yeah. So for for royal MVP, I think you want it always to be somebody who can actually be a role model. So Prince Harry, Prince Louis, and Queen Rania are our three. <laughs> that is that is a fun one. That's a fun little group. I'd like to see the, all three of them together. Honestly, <laughs> that'd be a fun group. <laughs> it would be great. And we hope you guys have a great New Year's, a safe one first and foremost. 
and are excited about what will what will 2024 bring us mm-hmm. i'm excited i am i can't wait to see what our first bananas bananas article of 2024 will be because i just have a feeling it'll be wild <laughs> it'll have to be truly bananas if it's gonna punch through any of the crap that's been put out in the end of 2023 you know what i mean um right but hopefully i'm it- not typing in um whose whose family members saved us from slavery it's just it's not bananas enough for me it is Mm-mm. just not <laughs> i hope tra- traditionally the royals take like a couple weeks to ease into the year and i hope that that's what they do this year so it's not too bananas until i get back i'm visiting ireland and london in the middle of january so if you do see me it is me you can say hi <laughs> but yes i know royals please just be quiet for a couple weeks we need we need our own little vacation okay (laughs) just keep it cute for two weeks and then come back full force when we're back okay and then we'll be very appreciative gonna say the christmas break is is always tough when you're talking about the royals because you have to be up on christmas morning to watch them walk to church it's a (laughs) non-negotiable and and then like nothing for two weeks yes and we're taking one you guys a much needed one and we're really excited for any of our patreon subscribers we're going to be putting up a poll very soon so you guys get to pick what our listeners on the free feed get to hear we're going to put up a couple of our deep dives and see what you guys want them to hear i'm very very excited for that yeah so thank you guys thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed our best of worst of and everything in between keep those pinkies up (laughs) bye Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.